Welcome to Zichud Avsim by Member Bay Avram Goldai, and today we're Zechus Yavamas, Daf Kufchav Beis, the 16th parak, Isha Basra, and the final Daf of the Masechta. So the three Daphs we're going to focus on. Number one, the next Mishnah states regarding testifying to a man's death to permit his wife to remarry, Masin Opi Basko. We permit a woman to remarry based on a Basko without the person making the statement being seen. There was an incident where someone stood on top of a mountaintop and proclaimed, Ish Pony Ben Pony Mamakam Pony Mace. Pony Ben Pony from such and such a place died. They went up and found no one there, yet the rabbin permitted the wife to remarry. When they were asked why she was permitted to remarry, when perhaps the voice was that of a shade, a demon reviewed said in the name of Rab, Adam. The case was where the people who heard the voice saw a human form. When they were accounted that Shadim also had a human form, it answers that the people saw the shadow of the speaker when again. When again the Gemara objects since Shadim also have shadows, it answers they saw the shadow of the shadow. And Rechinian related that Jonas in the Shade said that demons do not have shadows of shadows. Point number two, the next Mishnah teaches Rabbi Kiva originally held that we do not permit a woman to remarry based on the testimony of a woman, slave or shivcha. The final mission of the Mazakta brings the challenge that was brought to Rikiva based on an incident where one from a group of Levim who were traveling got sick and was brought to an inn. When the group returned later to the inn and asked where their colleague was, the woman innkeeper said he had died and she had buried him, and based on that testimony, his wife was permitted to remarry. Rikiva was asked, Vlote Kohenes Kubundakis? Now, should a Kohenes not be believed like the woman innkeeper? Rebekah replied, When her testimony will be like the woman innkeeper, she'll be believed. For the woman innkeeper brought out the Levi's staff, pouch, and Sefer Torah that he had. The more clarifies that the Pundakis was an idolater, and she was speaking offhandedly, and that's why she was believed. When the more challenges this, since they had asked her where their friend was, it answers that as soon as she saw them, she started to cry, which is what prompted them to ask where he was. And point number three is Tanda Bryce Nashimadrisha We do not check witnesses who testify for women that their husbands died with cross examination and questioning, Kondrabiakiva. But Rabitarfin says Botkin, we do check them. The Gemara clarifies that the Machlokas is based on understanding how to apply what Rebekinina said, which was Dvar Torah Echod Dinim Emonas Ve'echod Dinim Nefashos Bedrisha Ve'chakira. Under Torah law, both monetary and capital cases get Drisha Ve'chakira. For the Pusik states, Mishpat Echod Yehlechem. There should be one law for you. The reason the Rabbanon said that aiding for monetary cases do not get checked is Sholotino Delis Bifnelovin, so that you will not close the door in the face of borrowers. Rebekiva holds that since in the case of testifying that a woman's husband died, there'll be a collection of the ksuba, it's like a monetary case. Whereas Rabbi Tarvin holds that since we're permitting the woman to marry someone else, it's similar to Dinu Nefashos. Rush explains that it's because a man who has relations with a married woman gets chenek, strangulation. So once again, the three points are number one. The next mission of states regarding testifying to a man's death to permit his wife to remarry, Masin al-Pibasko. We permit a woman to remarry based on a basko without the person making the statement being seen. There was an incident where someone stood on top of a mountaintop and proclaimed, Ish pony ben pony mamakam pony mace. Pony ben pony from such and such a place died. They went up and found no one there, yet the rabbin permitted the wife to remarry. When they were asked why she was permitted to remarry, when perhaps the voice was that of a shade, a demon reviewed it said in the name of Rab, Demus Adam. The case was where the people who heard the voice saw a human form. When the more accounted that shade also had a human form, it answers that the people saw the shadow of the speaker when again... When again the Gemara objects since Shadim also have shadows, and answers they saw the shadow of the shadow. And Rechinian related that Jonas in the Shade said that demons do not have shadows of shadows. Point number two, the next Mishnah teaches Rabbi Kiva originally held that we do not permit a woman to remarry based on the testimony of a woman, slave or shivcha. 
The final mission of the Mazakta brings the challenge that was brought to Rikiva based on an incident where one from a group of Levim who were traveling got sick and was brought to an inn. When the group returned later to the inn and asked where their colleague was, the woman innkeeper said he had died and she had buried him, and based on that testimony, his wife was permitted to remarry. Rikiva was asked, now, should a Kohenis not be believed like the woman innkeeper? Rabbi Kiva replied, When her testimony will be like the woman innkeeper, she'll be believed. For the woman innkeeper brought out the Levi's staff, pouch, and Sefer Torah that he had. The more clarifies that the Pundakis was an idolater, and she was speaking offhandedly, and that's why she was believed. When the more challenges this, since they had asked her where their friend was, it answers that as soon as she saw them, she started to cry, which is what prompted them to ask where he was. And point number three is Tanda Bryce ain't bodkini aidin nashimadrisha vechakira. We do not check witnesses who testify for women that their husbands died with cross examination and questioning, according to Rabbi Akiva. But Rabbi Tarfin says bodkin, we do check them. The Gemara clarifies that the Machlokas is based on understanding how to apply what Rabbi Chinina said, which was Dvar Torah echod dinim emonas ve echod dinim nefashos, madrisha vechakira. Under Torah law, both monetary and capital cases get drisha vechakira. But the Pusik states, Mishpat echod yehlechem. There should be one law for you. The reason the Rabbanon said that aiding for monetary cases do not get checked is Sholotino Delis Bifnelovin, so that you will not close the door in the face of borrowers. Rabbi holds that since in the case of testifying that a woman's husband died, there'll be a collection of the Ksuba, it's like a monetary case. Whereas Rabbi Tarvin holds that since we're permitting the woman to marry someone else, it's similar to Dinah Nefashos. Rashi explains that it's because a man who has relations with a married woman gets chenek, strangulation. All right, so now we go to our Simon Dab Kufcha base, and our standard Simon is corn on the cob. Corn on the cob. So here goes. After a bus call on the mountain was heard that said, Kiwi, the corn on the cob salesman, is dead. The witnesses who met up with the woman innkeeper who said she had buried him, and here was his butter knife and dental floss, were not cross-examined with Rishas and Chikiras because his wife was collecting her kasuba. Once again, it's a motion. After a bus call on the mountain was heard that said, Kiwi, the corn on the cob salesman, is dead. Corn on the cob? That must move on Duff Kufcha Bays. After a bus call on the mountain was heard that said, Kiwi, the corn on the cob salesman, is dead. Which reminds us, the next mission states regarding testifying to a man's death to permit his wife to remarry, Masin Alpi Baskol. We permit a woman to remarry based on a bus call without the person making the statement being seen. There was an incident where someone stood on top of a mountaintop and proclaimed, Each pony bin pony, mamakum pony mace. Pony bin pony from such and such a place died. They went up and found no one there, yet the rabbinum permitted the wife to remarry. When the Gemara asked why she was permitted to remarry, when perhaps the voice was out of a shade, a demon, it concludes that they saw the shadow of the shadow. And Rebekinim related that Jonas in the shade said that demons do not have shadows of shadows. So, after a bus call on the mountain was heard that said, Kiwi the corn on the cob salesman is dead... The witnesses who met up with a woman innkeeper who said she had buried him, and here was his butter's knife and dental floss, which reminds us the next mission teaches that Rabbi Kiva originally held that we do not permit a woman to remarry based on the testimony of a woman, slave, or shivcha. The final mission of the Masech that brings the challenge was brought to Rabbi Kiva based on the incident where the woman innkeeper was believed that a guest from a group of Levim had died since she brought the Levi's staff, pouch, and safer Torah that he had. The more clarifies that the Pundakis was an idolater, and she was speaking offhandedly, and that's why she was believed. When the Gemara challenges this, since they had asked her where her friend was, it answers that as soon as she saw him, she started to cry, which is what prompted them to ask where he was. So after a bus call on the mountain was heard that said, Kiwi the corn on the cob salesman 
is dead. The witnesses who met up with the woman in Kippur who said she had buried him, and here was his butter knife and dental floss, were not cross-examined with Drishas and Chakiras because his wife was collecting her ksuba. Which reminds us, it was taught in a brisa, ain't botkin edin nashim bedrisha v'chakir. We do not check witnesses who testify for a woman that their husbands died with cross-examination and questioning according to Rabbi Kiva. But Rabbi Tarfin says, botkin, we do check them, even though under Torah law, both monetary and capital cases get Drisha V'chakira. For the Pasuk states, Mishpat Echad Yelechem, there should be one law for you. The reason the Rabban said the witnesses for monetary cases do not get checked is Shotino Delis Loving, so you'll not close the door in the face of borrowers. The Kiva holds that since in the case of testifying that a woman's husband died, there's a collection of the Ksuba, it's like a monetary case. Whereas the retirement holds that since we're permitting the woman to marry someone else, it's similar to Dini Nefashos. And Rush explains that it's because a man who has relations with a married woman gets chenek, strangulation. So once again, after a buskel on the mountain was heard that said, Kivi, the corn and the cob salesman, is dead. The witnesses who met up with a woman in Kibu said she had buried him. And here was his butter knife and dental floss were not cross-examined with Rishas and Chakiras because his wife was collecting her ksuba. Mazel tov, everyone. I'm being Messiah Masechiz Yavamas, the 14th Masechta in this Daf Yomi Maksar. A grand total of 121 blot, 363 Yadiyas, now organized in our mind for efficient review and long-term retention using Simanim. This is a major accomplishment, certainly one of the tougher Masechtas in Shas, and definitely the toughest one to date, to summarize and develop Simanim for. May Kosh Baruch continue to bench us with Hatzlach in our learning and Chazara. May we continue to go Machal Chaos, begin the next Masechta, Masechta's Ksubas, and be Zoch to make a Kinyan and all of Shas together with Simanim. All right, now it's time for Four Blabach Chazara. Daf Kuf So the Simmer Daf Kuf is Kichol. So here goes. When the Tzavos came back from overseas and the first wife said her husband died from eating too much herring and Kichol, Kichol, that must mean one Daf Kuf when the Tzavos came back from overseas and the first wife said her husband died from eating too much herring and kichol, and the second one said he did not die, which reminds us the mission on the bottom of Daf Kufi at Zion Bay stated regarding two Tzavos who were overseas with their husband and then returned, if one of the wives said regarding her husband he died and the other one said he did not die, the one who says he died may marry and collect her ksuba, and the one who said he did not die may not marry nor collect her ksuba. The Gemara answers that the case of the second Tsar saying he did not die was needed, for we might have thought that the second Tsar knows that the husband is dead. But she said he did not die because she intends to ruin the first tsara, hoping that she'll have to remain an Aguna, even though she's hurting herself as well. And she's saying, like Shimshon said, Thomas Nafshi let my soul die with the Plishtim. Therefore, the Mishnah is teaching that in this case, the second tsara can still not remarry. So when the Tsars came back from overseas and the first wife said her husband died from eating too much herring and kechel, and the second one said he did not die, Basin recalled how this man was Makadish, one of five women with kechel, which reminds us the third mission on the Daf states, Kiddush Akhaz Makamish Nashim, Kiddush, if one was Makadish, one of five women does not know which one he was Makadish, and each one says, Osi Kiddush, he was Makadish me, he gives a get to each one and places a super payment between them and withdraws a coin to Rabbi Tarf. The Mephoshim explained that he doesn't literally place the money between them, but rather he places the money before them in basin and challenges each one to prove that she's the one who's entitled to ksuba. Rekiva says, This way will not get him out of doing an avera until he gives a get and the ksuba payment to each and every one. A similar case is brought regarding a man who stole from one of five people and can't remember who, and they all claim that he stole from them. So when the Tzaros came back from overseas and the first wife said her husband died from eating too much herring and kechel, and the second one said he did not die, Basin recalled how this man was Makadish, one of five women with kechel. 
And even though he always complained that Kilcha wasn't crispy enough, his wives preferred to stay married to him instead of being single. Which reminds us that Gmore taught that if one grants a get to his wife through a third party in a place where there's strife between the husband and the wife, it's not a schos for the wife. As Rishakish said, it's better to live as two bodies than to live alone. A woman prefers to stay in a difficult marriage than to be single. Daf Kufyutes, so the similar Daf Kufyutes is a kite. So here goes. The woman whose husband died overseas and decided to fly a kite. A kite? That must be one Duff Kufyutes. The woman whose husband died overseas and decided to fly a kite while she was waiting to hear if her tsar was pregnant, which reminds us, the Mishnah stated, Ha'isha Shahak of Medium a woman whose husband and tsar went overseas and people came and said to her, your husband died, she can't marry a stranger nor be taken in Yibo until she determines whether her tsar is pregnant. The rest, why she may not marry a stranger. If the concern is that her tsar may not be pregnant, so that she's high to be taken in Yibum, I could say, Follow the majority of women, and the majority of women do conceive and give birth. Therefore, it's safe to assume that Tsar gave birth to a viable child overseas, and she's exempt from Yibum and permitted to a stranger. The Gemara says the mission is going according to Rabbi Mer, the Chayshul Miyuta, who's concerned for the minority. But according to the Rabban, who go according to the majority, the widow would be permitted to a stranger. So, the woman whose husband died overseas and decided to fly a kite, while she was waiting to hear if her tsar was pregnant, was embarrassed when it flew over nine kosher stores in one trade fund and landed on a piece of meat, which reminds us. The Gemara suggests that the Mishnah could even be in accordance with the Rabbanan. For when did they go after the robe? It's only in a case of Ruba the Eitzakaman, a robe that is before us, like the cases of nine stores or Sanhedrin. The case of nine stores is when meat is found in the street and it's not known whether it comes from one of nine stores that sells kosher meat or from the one store that sells treif. But in both cases, the majorities are before us, and we can rule the meat is kosher, and the person is acquitted. But in a case where the majority is not before us, such as in our case, where the majority is based on the premise that most women in the world conceive and give birth, the Rabban do not fall the majority. The Gemara rejects is proving that the Rabban go with Rove even when the majority is not before us. So, the woman whose husband died overseas and decided to fly a kite while she was waiting to hear if her tsar was pregnant was embarrassed when it flew over nine kosher stores in one trade fund and landed on a piece of meat, right in between the wives of two brothers who claimed their husbands had passed away. Which reminds us, the next mission states that if the wives of two brothers returned from overseas, and this one says, my husband died, and this one says, my husband died, this one is prohibited to marry a stranger on account of that one's husband, and that one is prohibited to marry a stranger on account of this one's husband. Rashi explains that each woman is prohibited, for perhaps each brother-in-law is alive, and they are Chai and Yibam. They cannot rely on each other's testimony, since we learn in the mission that one of the women who is not believed to give testimony that another woman's husband has died is her Yibimta, her brother-in-law's wife. Daf Kuvchaf, so the similar Daf Kuvchaf is a cook. So here goes. The cook, the cook, that must be learned Daf Kuvchaf. The cook at the Wild Safari restaurant, who identified the corpse as one of the waiters, based on his face, forehead, and nose, which reminds us, it was taught in a brice of witnesses only see a corpse's forehead without the form of a face, or only the form of the face without the forehead, they may not testify until both were seen together with the nose. So the cook at the Wild Safari restaurant, who identified the corpse as one of the waiters based on his face, forehead, and nose, discovered he had the same birthday and same mole as the victim, which reminds us, Rabbi rejected a biased interpretation of a Malchokas and said that everyone agrees that simanim are valvim in the rice, but here in the case of the mole, they disagree with a mole, which is commonly found in the same part of the body as one's bengilo, which Rashi explains as someone born at the same hour and therefore has the same muzzle. The Rabban hold that a mole is commonly found on a Ben-Gila and therefore is not a valid simon to identify the corpse. And Rabbi Yezid ben Mahavai holds a mole is not commonly found. The Gemara brings alternative versions of Rabba's explanation. 
So the took in the wild safari restaurant who identified the corpse as one of the waiters based on his face, forehead, and nose discovered he had the same birthday and same mole as the victim who had been tragically attacked in his vital organs by a wild beast. Which reminds us, the mission stated, They may not testify that a man is dead until they see that his soul is departed, even though they saw him suffering from being hacked, or hanging from a gallows, or devoured by a wild beast. Reviewed a said the name of Shemur Gai the wild beast, they taught this only when the animal is seen eating from an area in the body from which the soul does not depart, referring to non-vital organs or limbs. But from a place where the soul departs, meaning the vital organs, such as the brain, heart, or intestines, they may testify. Daf Kufchafalov. So the similar Daf Kufchafalov is a cocoa bean farmer. So here goes. When Pedro the cocoa bean farmer, cocoa bean farmer, that must mean we're on Daf Kufchafalov. When Pedro the cocoa bean farmer fell into the pool of cave water, which reminds us, the next mission states, Nafulamaim, if a man fell into water and was not seen to come up, whether the water has an end or the water has no end, his wife is forbidden to marry, for he still may be alive. Abai defines water that has an end as kosha omid any body of water small enough that one stands in one place and can see its four sides. Rashi gives the example of one who sees someone fall into a pool of water in a cave where he can see all its banks. So when Pedro, the cocoa bean farmer, fell into the pool of cave water, he grabbed onto a duff and bowed his head whenever a wave came. Which reminds me of related what Rabbi Kiva said to him in explaining how he was saved from a sinking ship. When Gamaliel said, he said to me, Duff shall seen in these dominantly. There was a duff, a board from the ship that came before me, and I grabbed onto it. And before every wave that came upon me, I bowed my head and it passed over me. The Bryson continues that if Roshan come upon a person, let him bow his head before them and the danger will pass. Or she explains that he should restrain himself and not antagonize them. So, when Pedro, the cocoa bean farmer, fell into the pool of cave water, he grabbed onto a duff and bowed his head whenever a wave came while watching off in the distance the young girl being pulled out of the water by an elderly man with a ram. Which reminds us, Gamora relates the story of Rabbi Chinnah Mendoza davening from the daughter of Nechunya Chofer Shichin, Nechunya the ditch digger, who fell into a cistern, and after davening for her, she emerged. They said to Rabbi Chinnah Mendoza that he was a Navi, to which he responded that he was not. Rather, he reasoned, Davrisha, Tzadik Mesasik Bo, Yechashobo Zaro, is it possible that something a Tzadik occupies himself with the Tzibor, his child should stumble upon it? The Gamora addresses how then did Nechunya's son Die of thirst. All right, so that concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Avram Goldman Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.